uh, English Channel triathlon, uh, which uh, which was <laughs> swimming the English Channel and then biking and running all the way to Czech Republic. That's 34 kilometers swimming, or 21 miles. 895 kilometers of cycling, or 556 miles, followed by 182 kilometers of running, or 113 miles, in what ended up taking 7 days, 12 hours, and 5 minutes. This is just Abhijali's latest feat of endurance. Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers. I'm marathon swimmer and coach, Shannon Keegan. It's at least, at least 80% mental. Abhijali agrees. How do you train your mind? Reach out to me if you'd like some ideas. Shannon at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoy Abhijali's story. Hello, Abhijali. I'm so honored to have you as a guest today. Please, please tell us where are you and what's your story? <laughs> Hi, Shannon. I'm so happy to, uh, to be here. Um, so my name is Abhijali and at the moment I am back at home in Czech Republic in Zlín. And the story, oh, well, I guess we will get to that, but I'm an Ocean 7 swimmer. Uh, and I, um, this year, just like a month ago, I did a uh, English Channel triathlon, uh, which, uh, which was <laughs> swimming the English Channel and then biking and running all the way to Czech Republic. Amazing. And I love the, the cause. Tell us why, why, you, why you wanted to do that. <laughs> Uh, I just feel, you know, sometimes we as people, we build barriers between each other. And, um, you know, it's like so common for countries to split and, for example, for the UK to get out of the European Union. And I think uh, it's just like all in our mind. And it's we have, uh, you know, it's um, like these borders, we build them ourselves. And if I can get all the way from... Um, Dover to Prague, which is 1,111 kilometers. I'm not sure how much that is in miles. Uh, okay. Then it means, <laughs> then it means that uh, you know we are close to each other. That we are like a world family. So that's yeah. the, that's the idea behind it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Tell me, um, when did you get wet first? <laughs> how did, did you, how did you start swimming, and why did you decide to? swim the English channel and all this <laughs> <laughs> well I was a swimmer um when I was a kid like maybe till till I was 11 or 12 years old but my main stroke was breaststroke so when I first heard you know I started meditating with Sri Chinmoy when I was 18 and then I became a member of Sri Chinmoy marathon team and the motto of the team is self-transcendence so at some point, you know, I started first with running, but then I heard about members of the team who did swim the English Channel. So I thought, okay, well, if ever I would do the swim, I would have to do breaststroke because that's the only stroke I can do for forever, kind of. But I never really, really wanted to do the swim. But then my friend was inspired to swim the English Channel. And since she knew that I, you know, like swimming, then she asked me if I would be her crew which I agreed to. And uh, then somehow she felt she wasn't ready for a solo. So it got turned into a relay. And mm -hmm. since I already, you know, like had a free time to go, um, then I was part of that relay. And I remember it was super cold and I didn't want to swim a solo. I was like, no, it's not for me. <laughs> I'm not good with the cold. And I even told my friends at home, because they knew, you know, I liked transcending myself because I did all these like six hour, 12 hour runs. I told them, you know, if ever I get this idea to swim solo, then tell me it's cold and you don't want to do it. My friends did that. But then somehow, I guess once you get wet in the English channel, you just you just want to come back. <laughs> so two years after the relay, I, I was back. I gained like 10 kilos, which would be probably six pounds. Oh, no, six pounds, 20 pounds. 
Wow. Uh, for for that to really kind of get used to the cold, uh, mm. but I was back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So did you grow up in the Czech Republic? Yes, I grew up in Czech Republic and Czech Republic doesn't have an ocean or sea. Right. Yeah. You're landlocked. <laughs> I grew up landlocked myself. Um, but there was a, what's it like, like, did you, you had, so you had swim lessons and you said you, you, you learned breaststroke. Was it, I'm wondering if it's kind of part of the culture there to get kids in the water or not, or is it? It is pretty much uh, like when kids go to school, they learn to, they learn to swim. Okay. So that's uh, definitely good like the rate that people know how to swim I guess most of the people will know how to swim yeah that's it's it's not part of our schools in the U.S. unfortunately so we don't <laughs> so I feel like it should be but it's not part of our school yeah, I feel it's, it's just very so, important yeah it's a life-saving skill <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> um okay so you so you okay got it so that helps me understand a little bit about so but so you enjoyed the practice of swimming but it but it until you'd kind of been challenged in the tell me again the name of the meditation practice that you that you're the group switch in my meditation group mm-hmm and you started that at 18. Tell me a little bit how you got into that. I'm curious. Oh, uh, I actually um, just saw a poster about a meditation class. And I, it wasn't that I, you know, was looking for something like that. And I, I was actually, you know, quite happy. But I guess something um, was missing or, you know, like, so I went to that class and I really enjoyed that feeling of, you know, quiet in my heart. And I, uh, like the first thing I was I really like the people who who were doing the classes and I mm-hmm. thought I want to, you know, have this kind of peace and quiet as, as I could feel, you know, they had. Mm-hmm. So that's how I became interested and I enjoyed, you know, doing the little meditation every morning. So I continued and then it like um, I've been meditating since then. I'm 44 years old now, so it's been <laughs> some time, and I still feel it uh, It enriches my life. It really is a very important part of my life, and it definitely helps my swimming and other endurance sports. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're kind of primed for endurance sports with kind of that yes. foundation. <laughs> you know what you're getting into yes. when you're, like, going into your head. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely, and, and I think... Um, all this endurance it's um, I'm there are different percentages but I think it's definitely at least 80 percent in your head or mental Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. then the rest is physical yeah so uh, yeah I had a big advantage there so basically my training for the English channel took only one year and it was mainly about getting used to the cold yeah and of course swimming distances but the cold was like my worst uh fear Mm-hmm. Because I remember from the relay, that was just super cold. So, but I knew I could, you know, last for long because before that I did a six day run. That was the longest event that I did. So I knew I could last for quite some time. Mm-hmm. I had to get used to, to the cold. Yeah. Tell us how you started doing the, just the long, long runs. Just out of curiosity. Uh, so as I said, the motto of our team is self-transcendence. So mm-hmm. I kind of tra- started to explore what that meant. And I remember my first run was maybe five minutes long and I felt like, okay, that's really good. <laughs> but then I started, I did like two miles and 10K and half marathon, marathon. And then oh, it was just really like 25 years ago, we started organizing the races for six hours and 12 hours and 100K. And I wanted to try those races. So it was kind of like step-by-step step increasing and kind of widening my um, horizons, you could say, <laughs> because mm-hmm. if, you know, if someone told me, oh, you know, you will do six, a six-day race, I would tell no way. <laughs> but right. if you do, you know, like uh, two hours, then four hours, then six hours, then of course you can see, oh, oh I can probably go a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So it was like really gradual um, expansion. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But on the swimming side, you kind of just jumped straight into a relay in the English Channel. <laughs> yeah, I did. The, yeah, I did the relay. Then the next year, I did uh, the, the swim across Lake Zurich, which is actually uh, a race that we organize as a marathon okay. team. And uh, it was actually super cold as well that year. It was the coldest. I have done the swim a few times since then, but it was just super cold. And I knew I really had to gain weight and really mm-hmm. had to swim in the cold. 
but I somehow felt that you know I could uh, do the English channel if I managed to do uh, Turek like mm-hmm. um tell me about so this fear of the cold how did you walk into that <laughs> like into the cold like, yeah I mean like how did you like mentally prepare yourself for that for the cold mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that was your biggest fear that's <laughs> right 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 uh well I I guess our body is really great we just have to give it time to acclimatize and get used to the cold which I didn't do for the relay because the change was kind of last minute mm-hmm. so I knew I just have to swim in the cold and just get used to the feeling that you are cold it was actually interesting this year. So um, my first English Channel swim was 10 years ago. And then this year I did another English Channel swim. And I somehow, I mentally knew, you know, you're cold when you're training for the English Channel. But I, I really forgot the feeling <laughs> of being cold all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. So it was actually tough for me to start training this year, you know, with the feeling, okay, you just have to get used to being cold all the time before the body gets used to that so um i guess i just was was ready to give give myself a lot of time to get used to the cold and the the problem also is that when summer starts or like starting at the beginning of june every um every water lake here gets too warm so Mm -hmm. what i had to do and it was i guess the toughest part of the training i would take a bath and, you know, like put ice <laughs> in the yeah. bath, bathtub and try to stay in the floor as long as I could. So that was, that was tough. And then one thing that really, really helped me mentally was uh, going to Dover one month before my tide started. And at the time, you know, Freda Streeter was doing the trainings there. And I remember like during my trainings here at home when the water was cold I would get warm drink like every 20 minutes and when I Uh got to Dover you know Freda told me okay she asked me like when is your tide and when I told her it was in a month she was like okay you will do I think five hours she told me and she said oh and don't come out you know for a drink uh before two hours so (laughs) then I was like Oh, you know, I can't survive two hours. And she was like, go. <laughs> and, and it was, but, you know, and then the water was like 13 Celsius. It was really cold. It was beginning of June. Uh, but I managed, you know, I survived and it helped me mentally a lot because I knew the water would get warmer in a month and that I would, should be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome that you took the opportunity to go and have someone kind of push you out of your comfort zone yeah, too, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's amazing. Um, so tell us what it was like the first um your first English channel. So yeah, tell us what it was like the first after the relay, then when you decided mm-hmm. to go back, how did you um you said you did the Lake Zurich as a to prepare. Um, but what, what was it like the day of the swim? How did, how did that go? <laughs> um, I was actually lucky because I had a daytime swim. So I started when the sun was coming out. And um, I, had, um, I have a friend from Scotland and he did the English channel then maybe 10 times. So he was kind of my advisor of what to do, what to expect. And one of his last pieces of advice was, you know, in case you get seasick, but you won't get seasick, you know, it, it will be okay. It will go away in five hours or six hours. <laughs> and I never got seasick during the training. Never, ever, you know, even during the training in the Harbor, people got seasick, but I was okay. I was like, that's not for me. But then, you know, like when I started swimming after 45 minutes, I got really seasick. <laughs> and There was nothing they could do on the boat. I couldn't keep, you know, anything in. But I remembered he did his advice, you know, okay, you just have to wait for a few hours. And really in five hours, I got used to the movie, like my body got used to it and I was okay and I could start eating and drinking. So that was like the challenge at the beginning of it. And after that, I was really, I mean, it was difficult, but I was really enjoying being in the water and just mm. being grateful that I'm in the water, kind of singing in my head different mantras or, you know, different songs 
there's actually a song that Rich and composed, and it's uh, it starts. Uh, I'm swimming in the English Channel today. <laughs> Don't ask me to sing it; it's a difficult <laughs> song. But I was singing in the song. <laughs> Uh, it just it just gave me so much joy you know it says about you know France and England dancing together <laughs> so it was just really nice to to get to France I go to France when the sun was just starting to set uh, it was just uh, beautiful yeah that sounds perfect to start start when the sun's <laughs> rising and land yes. when it sets <laughs> did the tides change on you like towards the end or anything <laughs> I mean, I didn't make it to the Cap Grine. I made it uh, more north towards Visan, but it was it was okay. Uh, I any. got there. Yeah, I mean, there the, the day seemed to be perfect, so there were many boats out. Not all of them made it, but it just you know I was just happy to get there. I didn't really worry about what my time would be or anything. I was just happy to be to get to France. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you, um, uh, I guess you had been there before. I feel like that's a huge advantage, like having done the relay. So you kind of knew, I don't know, like when you're trying to kind of visualize a finish and push yourself through any tough parts, it helps to kind of have been there. So. It was actually part of my like mental preparation before each training. I would kind of uh, try to meditate for, you know, like a few seconds, but imagine I'm doing this training because I want to swim to France. And the other part of the preparation was really imagining myself getting out, you know, onto the French shore. Yeah. So that definitely helped, I think. I think so too. Yeah. I'm a big fan of <laughs> spending that time mm-hmm. envisioning that successful mm-hmm. finish. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to go back a little bit to getting from breaststroke to, I, I guess I assume you finished freestyle. So <laughs> yes. Okay. So how did you, how did you make the transition from being just kind of a person who enjoys the water and doing breaststroke to learning um, a crawl? <laughs> so actually the, my friend that was supposed to do the solo and that, uh, that um, then change it into a relay. So she, she didn't know, how to swim uh, freestyle so she went to some classes of with total immersion Mm -hmm. and once or twice somehow I was there so I said okay I will just go with you and I didn't really know that you know like I would need it in in the future (laughs) but I just really loved water so I was like okay I mean I could go with a little bit more freestyle so that's how I got uh you know first I mean, I knew, of course, I knew how to swim freestyle. If you're a swimmer, you know, but I remember during the trainings when I was a kid, when, uh, you know, there were times when we all had to swim for one hour freestyle. Oh, that would be my nightmare, (laughs) you know, (laughs) training because I would would just die after one hour. (laughs) So, uh, and then I remember in one of those sessions, I really could feel, okay, now I am moving forward and it's kind of effortless. Mm. So then I started swimming more freestyle. uh, And then when I signed up for English and I knew it would have have to be freestyle because it's just Mm -hmm. faster and you're you're just warmer when you Mm -hmm. swim freestyle than breaststroke. Right. Yeah, that too, for sure. Um, uh, take us on the, on the, so what happened between the two years? Between, not the two years, the two swims. So you did, oh, you did the Ocean 7. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that whole thing, all those swims. <laughs> what made uh, you think well, to do the Ocean 7, first of all? Um, I, somehow I that you know after I did the English channel swim I was done with swimming that I would just go back to my running but then um, a year after my English channel swim um, I signed up for a swim around Manhattan because you know the six-day race that I did was in New York and I ran a marathon in New York so I kind of liked the idea of seeing Manhattan from the water perspective so Mm -hmm. I signed up for that and then my friend did Gibraltar. So I thought, okay, I kind of could do 18K, you know, and I like the idea of swimming from one continent to the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So, so two years after my English channel swim, I did Gibraltar. And uh, then while we were 
and then the next year you know i didn't plan anything it was just like okay and then somehow i got involved in another channel relay <laughs> somehow <laughs> so it kind of felt like okay maybe i just should stay involved with the swimming and then while we were in dover for the relay uh you know we met people who just did catalina swim or um a, a guy who just lived there and he said you know you could use my kayak and he told me how beautiful the swim was i was like no nope, i'm not doing that swim there are sharks you know and everything <laughs> but somehow you know once the idea is there and i had a friend living in san diego and i could stay there and train with her <laughs> and my other friend was visiting there and she could help me on the boat so it was like everything was falling into place for me to do the swim so the year after i did uh, catalina and it was just beautiful with the bioluminescence mm -hmm. and the conditions were really good and i just loved it so after that i told myself oh you know like you can't stop like this it's just like too, way too beautiful there were dolphins there it was just really really beautiful so, so, so at this point you've done you've done the triple crown and Gibraltar, right? Uh, yes. It's after you did yes. Catalina. Yes. So what what yes. was your favorite of those? Oh, Catalina. Till Catalina. today, Catalina is definitely my favorite. Mm -hmm. And so when I was thinking what I could do next, there was this swim in South Africa, Robben Island swim that I kind of had in the back of my mind for quite some time, you know, to honor Nelson Mandela. And it's quite a cold swim. So I thought, okay, you know, like now is probably a good time to do that swim. So I went to South Africa and the water was even colder than usual. It was just like super cold. <laughs> and even, you know, the, none of the local swimmers were swimming that weekend because it was just too cold. <laughs> wow. But I was there, you know, the weather was swimmable. So it felt kind of weird not to give it a go. Right. And towards the end, I was kind of veering off from the boat and they were worried. But it was very towards the very end. And my friend jumped in and swam with me to the shore. So I did that and that was kind of like eye opener maybe or made me think about because I, I mean, I, by the time I heard about Ocean 7, but I knew there was the North Channel and it was just super cold and colder than the English Channel. So it, it was never like on my mind that I should do the Ocean 7. I was like, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but after this swim, uh, it, it was just like the path was slowly unfolding in front of me. And then I thought, okay, maybe, you know, if you really prepare properly, gain extra, extra weight, <laughs> and then, you know, it should be okay. Uh, and that was when I made the decision, okay, I will, I will go for the Ocean 7. And then I booked uh, Tsugaru was next, which was, uh, I have a friend in Japan, so it was really nice. I love you know, this. Too. You have friends everywhere you go. <laughs> works out yeah, really well. I, yeah. We are really international. The team is international. That's lovely. So it was just nice. So we were, you know, like we stayed at this Ryokan uh, with the, you know, all the locals and and the swim. And I was really, really lucky that whenever you know I uh, I went somewhere, I I did get to swim. Like the weather cooperated. Not this year for the English Channel. I had to go back, but for oh, all the seven swims, wow, that's awesome. It was really good. And I, uh, I did get to the other side, you know, always. So it was really nice. So there was, Tsugaru was, it was tough because there are some currents. And then, you know, when you start swimming Tsugaru, you don't start from the shortest point. You kind of, the boat drives you down and then you start swimming. And then I saw, you know, the shore, but it was kind of still, you know, not the other shore. Right. <laughs> But this shore where the boat started so it was also tricky mentally like I could see this shore and I thought okay I will be there really soon but then it took like ages to really get there uh, how do you work yes. through that how do you work through some of those tough mental spots um well the the, the first thing to do is not to really ask how far yes. you are or right. look how far you are and I noted, but I was stupid again this year. <laughs> like usually I'm really well behaved, but this year, you know, 
I was like, okay, how far? After, I don't know, like 12 hours, how far to go? And they told me two miles. And then, of course, you know, your mind calculates, okay, that's like an hour. So one hour and a half, I ask again, so how far? And they tell me one and a half miles. And then your mind goes really crazy because, uh, yeah. So then you stop asking and you curse yourself, like, yeah. why have you asked in the first place? Yes. And then also, you know, like, I could see France and we were not getting any clothes. I could see the you know without even looking while I was uh, feeding so yeah I guess that's where meditation plays a big part like you try to calm the mind just Mm -hmm. feel you know get into your heart be happy that you're there no matter what and just that you have to be patient and just Mm -hmm. you know like place one hand in front of each other till you get there and it's not easy always like to get into that right. Uh, space right away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's good to get there. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, okay, so Tsuguru got there, success on the first attempt. And then <laughs> what was next? So, okay, then, uh, okay, then it was, then for the next year, which was 2017, I planned two swims. One was Hawaii. Uh, which was in March and the other was North Channel because I thought, okay, I will, you know, train the distance and then I will still have time to train for the cold water. Yeah. Yeah. So Hawaii, um, Hawaii is actually, uh, it seemed like a kind of an easier swim because it's the warmest of the seven. Right. But it was the most difficult. Is that right? (laughs) More difficult. (laughs) Because of, well, it's long, first of all, right? It's 42K. But then there are these huge swells. So I got seasick. I mean, I got seasick almost on all the swims, not Catalina though. But then I was seasick like the whole night for 12 hours. And if you oh. can't really eat or drink anything for 12 hours and you, you swim, it's really, it takes a lot of out of you. Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, then there was, you know, current and I was swimming again. I was stupid enough to ask, like when I restarted at 5 p.m., then, you know, it was not dark by six. And then I, it was already the next day and I could see the sun was, you know, like it must have been after mid midday. So I was like, okay, we must be getting there, you know? <laughs> and I asked, and I think they told me like eight miles. So like, <laughs> okay. Four or five hours. And then it, it was, I was going like half the speed. I normally do two miles per hour and mm-hmm. I was doing one mile per hour. Oh, geez. And then at the very like last mile, they told me, okay, you have to, get there in an hour otherwise there is no chance of you finishing or something and they tell you to sprint and how can you you know it took me like 22 hours so how how can you sprint (laughs) after 21 hours and then mentally again you are uh, trying to you know not think about not making it (laughs) right you're just praying really okay (laughs) just and I could see, you know, I could see the the bottom, but I could see that I wasn't really moving that much. So yeah. it was it was tough, and it took really a lot out of me. <clears throat> yeah. That's when. What was the? Um, sorry, I was just going to ask, what was the training like for that over the winter? Did you do all pool training? <clears throat> it yeah, it was kind of all pool training. That's yeah, the trouble okay. that you can't mm-hmm. really get proper um, the, like distance training. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, but 22 hours later, you walk up on shore <laughs> with a sprint to, for the last hour. <laughs> uh, oh, it was nice because I finished uh, on Sandy Beach, and they announced in the you know loudspeaker, "Okay, this lady <laughs> has just swum from Molokai." And, uh, <laughs> so it was nice, but I was definitely very exhausted, and also you know like the swells were so high usually they try to have people fly to Malokai and then you know swim but the swell was so high that we had to take the boat um, you know from Oahu to Malokai and that's tough mentally as well because it takes it took us probably four hours and we were you know jumping up and down on the boat because of the swells and the waves waves and then you know that you have to swim all this distance (laughs) Uh, yeah. So that was a tough swim. And then I got um, stung by a, 
um, I think it was a box jellyfish. So it was oh, very wow. painful towards the end. So yeah, it, it was, it was a tough swim. I mean, it was beautiful. Like right. the, you can feel the vastness and that you're just this tiny speck, you know, in the mighty ocean. Mm-hmm. And that you are, you just have to stay, I don't know, humble and just be, um, yeah, just do what you have to do. But you are really like tiny thing. We yeah. we people usually think I, that you know, like we are this lords of the of the world, but we are not. <laughs> no, we're just little tiny dots, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. Wow. Yeah, that sounds really like the boat ride over, and then having to swim back. That does sound really hard. <laughs> it's like knowing exactly what you're in for. <laughs> and the waves and stuff too like to be I mean I guess that's with Catalina too I hear a lot of people talk about getting seasick on the boat ride to Catalina and Mm -hmm. then having to swim back Mm -hmm. I guess it comes with the territory right (laughs) 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 okay so um how did what was recovery like after a 22 hour swim and you've got the north channel coming up (laughs) are you putting weight Uh, back on how's this going you know like my throat was sore for quite a few days and I could only drink and then we were also doing a peace run there and somehow I thought and usually after a big swim I can't sleep that well so I missed one night yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) so I missed one night you know during the swim then the next night I couldn't swim I mean couldn't sleep and then Again, I was so sunburned because, you know, your sunscreen doesn't really last for this long. Right. So it was like three nights with, without much sleep. So it took me, yeah, probably a week or two to really, um, you know, get some strength. And I didn't feel that weak, but then, you know, during this peace run, which is a relay, uh, torch relay, I wanted to you know, just run really slowly, but I couldn't. <laughs> I just had to just your body was like, really? <laughs> didn't have... Yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing to think of. So um, I want to hear more about the the relay, but take us to the North Channel first. So let me okay. to come back to the, <laughs> the, I think the relay is really cool. <laughs> uh, so North Channel, um, for yeah, it, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Just get that out of the way. So, it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> so I started eating a lot, really like eating a lot. And I'm a vegetarian. So it's it's tricky to gain weight, you know, when you eat carrots and stuff like that. So <laughs> I ate a lot of cream and a lot of sweets. Oh, yeah. So that was like big part. Um, somehow I had this... Um, this weight in my head somewhere somehow I got it in so I was trying to reach that weight and then I started swimming outside as much as I could and then I went to train uh, you know to visit my friend in Scotland and I trained there when the water was probably 11 celsius I, it felt really cold and I was yeah. like <laughs> okay <laughs> and I couldn't really last for an hour, even an hour I didn't wow. manage and yeah. it was it was kind of middle of June and I was booked for middle of August so it wasn't that much time to really yeah. get to that so I was really when like I got the home, warm balmy summers <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so I was taking all these ice baths and then I went to train uh, again to Scotland for a week and uh, I did my six-hour qualifier there which was um, yeah important to get that done yeah. and just the body got used to it but it was it was tough and I remember you know the friend that was there with me uh, in Scotland for my training for that week of training uh, she was really amazing like she would be on the on the shore and make sure I would swim with my buoy also to make sure I was okay and our um, like security procedure was never jump in for me if I'm in trouble call someone otherwise we are too in trouble right right <laughs> and she was just yeah amazing being there for me and making sure I you know I would survive 
And then she was there, you know, during the swim as part of the crew. And at one point I told her, you know, I feel a little bit cold. And she, and she, she, she told me a little later, I was like, no, you're totally fine. You're like, you look much worse during the training. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then in the end, like I knew I would have to swim really fast or, I mean, I'm not super fast, but I just like try to swim fast to get there as fast as possible. I would even kick. Usually I just, you know, don't kick I'm with that you. much. Right there with you, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, it was good. There were some uh, line main jellyfish. I got stung a few times, but it wasn't anything too bad. The weather was kind of good. The, the sea was pretty calm. And at one point, they had this discussion on the boat, like whether to tell me that if I speed up a little bit, I could beat the record. But then they decided, you know, they would tell me that I might be upset if they didn't tell us. Like, sure, <laughs> I'm just trying to swim as fast as I can. I mean, I wasn't upset. It was just, you know, like nice to the idea that I could actually be fast. And I was, it was pretty fast. It was actually like 10 hours something. Wow, that's fast, yeah. Um, so in the end, it wasn't as tough as I thought it would be. Right, right. Did you do like warm feeds and stuff? Yes, yes. Yeah. We always do warm feeds. And for that swim, I really like I had custom made earplugs. That was mm. one thing that I did for this swim. And also like from Ayurvedic point of view, like root vegetables are warming and cinnamon is warming. So I had a soup uh, with all oh, these kind amazing. of warming I- ingredients. Yeah. So yeah, we tried whatever we could think of, yeah. uh, you know, to keep me warm. <laughs> warm inside. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Um, okay. So then you've, you're down, you've got like five, six, what do you have left? That's uh, cook straight only, I think. Straight, yeah. Cook yeah. straight. So cook straight. Actually, I wanted to do cook straight, um, maybe even after my English channel swim, but it was just very difficult to get a, a you know, a spot for that swim. So, um, it had to be my last swim. <laughs> uh, and it was like half a year after my North Channel swim. And it was tricky because it's it's not as cold as the English Channel, but still it's cold. And mm-hmm. it was winter here. Yeah. So I went in like March. So it's tricky to get some training in uh, in cold water. I would go out, outside, swim outdoors, but then it's freezing cold. So you right. stay you in can for only like go five like... minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, it was a bit tricky to really, uh, you know, just know that you're, you will be okay in the cold water. And I went uh, maybe a week earlier to do some training in there. And, you know, I always imagine this, Oh, this very flat sea, like the mirror-like sea that you're swimming through. But then when I was in New Zealand, there was this cyclone coming. (laughs) So we even had to fly earlier to Wellington. And then we were not sure if I would, you know, get to swim at all. And the conditions, like if this was my first swim, I I wouldn't go in. It was, Mm. it was tough. The conditions were really tough. And um, I think I was like the second slowest swimmer <laughs> in Cook Strait. <laughs> and for quite a few hours, I was swimming in, in one spot. And whenever I was feeding, you know, we were going back. Oh. Uh, so it was tough. So I, I guess like the last step usually is the most difficult one. Like you have to really prove that to really you, prove it, yeah. you, want, you want to get there. You deserve to get there. So... After Hawaii, this was my second kind of most second difficult project. swim, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Which one? Which one are you most proud of? Which swim, including this year's, <laughs> including any swim? Oh, <laughs> uh, probably North Channel in a way, because yeah. you know that was like my uh, mentally the hardest, even just to say, okay, I will I try. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even though it wasn't as difficult in the end, like just uh, saying yes to, to do the swim. Yeah. It was uh, huge. Uh, yeah. yeah. And because I also was reading like about people 
being taken into emergency room after or even you know not finishing this land so it was just tough to be mentally ready but physically ready as well and know kind of the if you're okay or if you're not okay so yeah just the like thin line in between yeah yeah that's huge Uh, when you're doing so in 2018 you finished ocean seven right yeah and you were the first check Uh, first check yes yeah that's very cool um (laughs) when you're doing all that training are you also doing running and other stuff when you were doing those swim swim training um only in between like when I was in uh like real training before like a couple of months before I would maybe run once a week just to get to work you know (laughs) it would be faster than taking a bus or something (laughs) love that yeah, or bike, uh, but just you know, again, like I don't know, four, four miles to get to work, not, nothing mm-hmm. else much. Um, tell us about the the torch relay. How's tell us? Uh, okay, so the peace run. Um, it, it's a it's a torch relay with a you know flaming torch, and the message of the run is that peace begins uh, within ourselves in our heart. Mm-hmm. So that meaning, like, if I'm not peaceful and harmonious, you know, within myself, I'm not happy, then I can't really, you know, share any peace. And also, like, the second part of the message is that it, like, peace starts with me. Like, I can, it's not just the politicians that have to do something about, you know, making the world a nicer place, but I can do something as well, you know, like, what, with whatever I'm doing in, in my community, in my club, uh, with my swims, you know, you inspire people. So uh, it's just about, you know, sharing. And actually, I, I have run, uh, you know, the uh, Pacific Coast uh, road with the Peace Run with the Torch. And oh, it's my favorite part very of, the, cool. of the U.S. because you get the, it's warm in summer, but you still get the cool uh, ocean breeze and ocean air. Uh, so And it's a beautiful way of meeting different people in different countries, but also like uh, getting to know the country because you're not, you know, driving in a car or flying. You're just like moving really slowly, <laughs> seven miles an hour, and you get to really um, see that the world is such a beautiful place and the people are so nice. And it's just really like a one world family. That's beautiful. So how does it, how does it work? Like, yeah, how does that work? So we are all volunteers. So usually it's, uh, I would take a holiday to go on the peace run and even the organizers are volunteers. So we, uh, you know, we visit schools. So we call them in advance. Okay. The peace run is the torches coming. Would you like us to visit? And we talk to kids exactly about peace and just that, that they can do something um, to make it happen. And then we talk to mayors or, you know, sometimes we get to meet presidents, but it's like the running is, is, is a means to carry the torch and mm-hmm. to see more people than if you just, you know, walked or, and it wouldn't yeah. be really that nice if we uh, drove in a car. <laughs> right. So right. It's, it's just like this effort that you have to make. Uh, and that's, I think also we have to make the effort to um, whatever, do the swims to make the world better. It's the effort. Uh, it doesn't come just by itself. Mm-hmm. Are, so does each person, like, is there like a big group of people and you like take turns? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, so it's uh, it's a team, probably around 10, 12 people, depending okay. on the time. And they are, um, they are cars. So there's always always at least one person running it can be more people running locals can join us and then the other people um, drive in the van and for example in the u.s peace run uh, we have an rv and two vans and you know like someone makes a lunch they start running later and the other two teams start running and then someone finishes earlier then they make dinner and uh so it's it's like a full-on uh job but it's really nice yeah yeah that sounds awesome what how often does it happen when when will when will a peace <laughs> run be coming near me <laughs> uh, i think next year really like oh. it happens uh every two year it, two years it happens um like um globally so mm-hmm. 
2019, we did actually a run around the whole globe on the Southern Hemisphere. Wow. And U.S. Peace Run happens every two years as well. Okay. Uh, so hopefully next year. Okay. I'm going to look it up. That's awesome. Um, ah, there's so many things that we could talk about. I want to be a little respectful of your time, though, too. Um, let's see. Talk to me a little bit about... so endurance swimming versus endurance running versus there's this biking thing that you did too. <laughs> so tell us, talk to you a little bit about the differences, the similarities. I don't know. All that stuff. Uh, I think like, swimming is um, more difficult in a way that you can't really stop and rest. Whereas if you bike or run, you can just sit and put your legs up and, um, and you are not moving further away from your goal. <laughs> I right. mean, you can, you can wait and lie, down, lie um, on the water, but yeah, they're covered. You right? might go backwards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you don't really want to do that. Uh, so I think that's, that's the tricky part. Um, on the other hand, like from swimming, I think, especially when I'm swimming, um, you know, outdoors, not in the chlorine pool, but outdoors, I recover much faster than from running because there's mm. this whole weight impact uh, yeah. on your body. Mm-hmm. But it's I kind of like the combination uh, of all the sports. It somehow has something special in it. Like swimming is very, can be lonely, but you can also get uh, deep inside yourself. Like you, you might need to dig in uh, if the conditions are not not really that great but also if the conditions are good you, you just really get into this meditative state like you're breathing regularly your mind gets quiet after sometimes you know because there there's just like nothing much happening and you can just be really in the zone whereas on the bike like when i bike from france to czech republic was uh, like there was traffic around me so I had to really you know focus yeah, right. not to bump into anything and yeah. uh, like that took a lot of mental energy but it was nice and it was just like much faster than swimming <laughs> yeah <laughs> really <laughs> covered quite a distance in a day and then uh running um running it was like uh, mm, how many marathons it was like five marathons I had to run at the end of that Wow. Uh, it was like, it was in a way I knew like once I get to the start of the run, I should be able to make it somehow all the way to Prague, even if I had to walk because, um, you know, you just know that you can do it. Yeah. Unless you have point. some kind of injury. But uh, then it, it was, it was still, you know, difficult because the body, I mean, I, I had a, you know, English channel swim in me. I did uh, 900K biking and, uh, you know, the whole thing took me seven and a half days. Wow. So the body was <laughs> uh, kind of getting tired. And, yeah. and after my, uh, after the biking, you know, my diaphragm was somehow stuck. So I couldn't oh, breathe really that well. Oh, no. I mean, I, I knew, I knew I wasn't getting a heart attack or something. But I, I didn't really know how to, um, how to help myself. I mean, uh-huh. we figured it out in the end. Uh, but still, you know, like um, I could stop, I could sit, and you know, get a massage, <laughs> which you can't really do while you're swimming. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, what? How much did you said there was five marathons? How many days was that last part when you're like? post post bike post swim you're exhausted you know you're probably going to get there but how long did that last part take take you it was two days and two hours something like that wow wow but you just like slept at night or sort of yes yes even for the yeah even for the biking we always slept for three or four hours three or four hours (laughs) (laughs) well but better than nothing yes I guess. And actually the first night of the running, we slept for maybe six hours because I, I felt I had no energy yeah. apart from, you know, that I couldn't really breathe <laughs> and it didn't make, it didn't make, you know, I thought, okay, if I can get a proper rest, then maybe I will be able to run in the morning much better because mm-hmm. the first day I actually kind of had to walk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how long ago did you finish that? a month ago a month ago uh, september 20th oh wow 
how's the recover going oh <laughs> uh, it's actually quite quite good i think mm-hmm. i tried to eat really well i tried to sleep a lot and i mean there was a lot of work waiting here for me because you know i had to go to dover i had to quarantine so i was away for like three or four weeks and then i had to come back to czech republic because the weather wasn't good and i had to yeah. go there again and it was postponed you know from july because some countries restricted entry from uk so it was like this whole thing so there was a lot of work waiting here for me so i couldn't like take days off but it it was good just to really sleep a lot and eat a lot (laughs) yeah once you can get do the same thing after running where you have trouble sleeping the same way you do after a long swim Yeah, actually, even like after this swim, maybe because I knew I just had to get rest, I could sleep even after the swim. (laughs) So I could, like during the whole week, whenever we got home, I got hot shower, which was amazing. I was like, oh, I can take a hot shower. (laughs) So I took a hot shower and then I went to sleep and I fell asleep almost right away. So it was actually pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah, body is like, thank you. I'll take it seven days later. <laughs> That's amazing. Amazing, Abhijali. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. <laughs> thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of the Intrepid Water Accountability Group? We'll support and encourage each other on a private chat platform, pursue monthly challenges both in the water and on land, and meet virtually once a month to dive deep on a topic. If you'd like to join a group of like-minded limit pushers from around the globe, join the Intrepid Water Accountability Group. Find out more at intrepidwater.com.